0: The T-Health Show, the medical lifestyle show. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark on this uh, cold and miserable Wednesday morning. Um, In studio with us today, as always, my lovely vivacious producer, Simpiwe, and um, then two special guests. We have Dr. Adam Nosworthy, an oncologist at the Donald Gordon Institute for Medicine, and Leanne Latimer. Leanne, I'm sure that's the surname that we're supposed to be using, Latimer. And Leanne is from EuroLab. So, today's program is sponsored by EuroLab. um they are your um friend in oncology and all the oncologists out now would know them because they are the biggest manufacturers of generic oncology medication in south africa leanne adam it's great to have you with us good morning
1: good morning lovely to be here
0: yeah morning morning thanks so um for you guys, just to bring you up to speed The last couple of weeks, I think since it's been the last two weeks That we've been talking a lot about the continuum of health Yes And in our office, for instance, we we had um, a case where Sister Lisa's husband Who was completely asymptomatic suddenly just had a six um, vessel Cardiac bypass last week, Monday. Johnny, we're thinking about you. It was your birthday yesterday. Um, we wish you a speedy recovery. And Johnny was asymptomatic. And suddenly he is lying in ICU asymptomatic, awaiting Big surgery And when we talk about the continuum of health um, Adam you and I As medical practitioners Predominantly work on that Continuum from deaf to asymptomatic But there's The other side of the spectrum Which is good health and optimal health So it's currently um, The month of March Is colorectal uh, Awareness Colorectal cancer Awareness Month, and this program we 're going to talk about colorectal and anal cancer because it 's something that we need to be aware of um, and be cognizant of so Adam, what is the prevalence of colorectal cancer?
2: Uh, it's it, it's very difficult. Thanks, Mark. Um, it's very difficult to to give exact statistics, particularly for South Africa. Um, unfortunately, we have a very fractured medical system. There's private, there's public. Um, there is a cancer registry, so the National Cancer Registry, which kind of collects the information, but. At this stage, um, I think they're still in their, in their, their beginning phases of trying to resurrect the, the registry so that we can get accurate data. Um, for many, many years, it was a it was a very much reliance on the pathologists. Reporting um, pathological diagnosis, so when someone has the diagnosis made on a on a pathology report, um, it would then get referred. but there were objections to that uh, personal information uh, you know being handed over from one organization to another so and you need that personal information because you don 't want to replicate data so that you can get an accurate um, kind of figure of of that so um the exact numbers in South Africa, difficult to say. But I mean, when it comes to where does, uh, colorectal cancer fit in the, in, in the, in the big scheme of cancer, it's right up there at the top. Um, I think in South Africa, we, we, we look at things like cervical cancer in ladies as being one of the biggest cancers along with breast cancer, but colorectal cancer follows very closely behind.
0: Um, I want Quick to question. Uh, yes,
2: it's
1: just like the average Joe on the street. Yes, take a step back. What is that like when you colo k- uh, cancer? What
0: is colorectal yeah, cancer? Yes, what is that? it's <laughs> a very good it's question. Very good yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, uh,
2: yeah. yeah. We, we, we a lot of us speakers though. Everybody has a basic mm-hmm. uh, basic knowledge, but colorectal is essentially what the word says so colo being from the colon so that's and your big intestine th- yes. so, so the, the intestine is divided essentially our digestive system starts at the top at the mouth and it ends at the bum the anus <laughs> and um in between is the esophagus and the stomach the swallowing pipe and the digestive tract then the small intestine and the small intestine is very important but generally. Doesn't cause too many problems in terms of cancer. It's very, Can I, un,
0: it's very rare. It's it's very but interesting. It if we look, and some we've spoken about uh, gut health so often, is it Adam? Could it be something that's related to your microbiome? Because the small intestine sup- is supposedly mm. sterile. There's no bacteria. In the small instance Could it be something like that? It's quite possible It's quite possible And and
2: again, I think To be honest I think the way people look at certain disease entities Is very much dependent on how it affects the majority of people So when something becomes a lot more common a lot more money goes into the research and, and those kind of things You'll find that there's little small individual p- places around the world That might be looking at, at something But until something really hits Americans in a big time um, <laughs> Where the money is yeah. um, it's, it's unlikely that you'll get really, really good results and, and information But sure, absolutely I mean, your large intestine is probably... Uh, Probably the dirtiest place in in the body In terms of bacteria and
0: and, and all sorts of things to give you a statistic Sims Mm -hmm. um, The organisms that live in our colon Weighs how much? You fuck! You never pay
1: attention.
2: (laughs) Doctors, don't worry. I wouldn't pay attention to that either. (laughs) So
0: you know what? We we estimate Mm. the amount of bacteria and organisms. So it's not only bacteria. It's Mm. bacteria, it's yeasts, it's viruses, it's fungi. Um, In our colon, more cells than in our whole body—four trillion—and they can weigh up to one point five. Kilograms. Wow. They act as an organ you on itself. You see, I was going to say that. Had you given me yeah, a second? Yeah, you didn't give <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Adam. So um, we st- we have our colon. So colon goes over to rectum. rectum. Yeah. So the difference
2: between the colon and the rectum, essentially, um, is the the, the, the the structure of it. Essentially, they're the same. They're identical in terms of the cells that make up the the, the, the organ. The colon is, is is almost like a floaty tube like that's floating around in your abdomen so it, it is attached to to one central place but it moves around whereas the rectum is very fixed so it's sitting right down at the bottom obviously and it's in a in a, what I always explain to patients in an upside down pyramid um so it's in a very very fi- fixed small so place So it's almost like a funnel. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um but it's fixed so it's surrounded by a whole lot of structures and so that's that's why they differentiate it. One is, one is more floaty and more accessible And then the rectum is much more fixed And, and doesn't move around too much So that's the column, colon and the rectum, essentially And then that rectum ends in the anus As, as, as Mark said and, and wants to
0: discuss as well Okay, so what are the most common things That our listeners need to look out for i know one but in your experience adam what is it that if, if this changes you go to your doctor i think that is very important
2: because what i what i've noticed over the years and it's starting to be long number of years is that symptoms often get ignored um, or put down to other things So I mean I think the biggest Symptom that is associated Or the biggest noticeable symptom Associated with colorectal cancer Is bleeding So if you have uh, fresh blood Or slightly altered blood In your stools um, That is a Worrying
0: uh, symptom, and and number one for me is actually more worrying is that people actually don't take a look at what their stools look like. That's very true. You know what? If you (laughs) don't, very true. If you don't turn around or look between your legs, um, you you should start. Doing that, it's not gross. Um, it's negligent. It's, very important. Yeah. it's gross negligence, mm. let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> if you if you mm. actually don't look. And if you don't look what the toilet paper looks like when you've wiped, it's gross negligence. I couldn't agree
2: more. I, I think that is that is one of the biggest things I'll often ask people like, so is the blood. In the toilet? Is it on the toilet paper? Or is it in the stool? Can you see the blood in the stool? And uh, most people, I'd say 80% to 90% of
0: people say, oh, I don't know, I don't look at that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's, um, so just it's, don't eat beets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst time to go to the doctor. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think bleeding is, uh, bleeding is one. I think it's the, one of the biggest problems with the bleeding is that piles, Also bleed Mm. And it it is much easier for but the patient and the generally the doctor to go, oh I'm sure it's just piles. Okay. Um, it, it's embarrassing. Patients don't want to get undressed and take their pants off and have fingers stuck up their bums to, 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 to feel and see if there's anything already. Loop darling. It's actually not that you know, I, I think it's it's the association. I think as, as human beings we've got this, oh uh, mm-hmm. why you know, why we want to stick a finger up there? But it's it's not it's not uncomfortable it's a, it's a bit of a weird sensation But I think it's a very important test to have um, Particularly if you're bleeding um, Yeah, because you may have piles But you may also have a colorectal cancer So,
0: Adam, for me I, I think we've spoken about gut health gut, uh, the Gut-brain connection Hormones in the gut So very often Weight loss, etc, etc What I think our listeners should t- take out of this If there's a change in your bowel habits Correct You have a problem If you are suddenly having diarrhea And followed by constipation Or constipation followed by a watery diarrhea And then constipation again We need to um, stop Think something is wrong Absolutely I, I think a lot of people will
2: say have diarrhea They'll go and get a box of Imodium or one of the other anti-diarrheal products It will settle that diarrhea down Um, And there's a reason that they only sell those medications as six tablets Mm. It's so that you don't keep on taking that medication because it's much easier to control that diarrhea Because that, should you normally have diarrhea? No um, so, so, so yeah, abs- I couldn't agree more That, so, that change in bowel habits Leanne, is, is vital
0: yes. How many types of stools do we have?
1: That is the most hideous question And I cannot imagine why you directed it at me <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you ask me something nice? <laughs> so I have no idea, but in like, me. Is it like six or like eight? Six, six. I didn't listen. I didn't listen last
0: time. <laughs> so, um, we actually spoke about this oh. because I think, and Adam, help me if I'm wrong. If we know which type of stool we have, we can give a very accurate or have give our doctor a much more accurate place to go and look for. What is wrong? So we have very watery diarrhea with large pieces of food in it And that means that the food has gone through Straight the stomach through. and the smallest intestine Where it's supposed to get um, absorbed without touching signs that's the problem
1: And so it's essentially what's in the toilet is a medical clue Every single Absolutely.
0: time Absolutely And so this is again important. when we talk about uh, You need to look what's happening in your toilet bowl mm. um, You don't have to do a very close examination no. But just a quick glance will give you an idea And then the second type is when we have this mushy diarrhea Okay that Means that the small intestine And the stomach was involved But the colon is not Working because that's where we absorb Our water The type of stool that we wish we could Have is like soft serve So a soft Tube (laughs) it looks like toothpaste Almost (laughs) Or slightly firmer that's type four and when we go to hard lumpy type five and when we start doing what we call in afrikaans (laughs) Um, you know but you have a problem it's very interesting adam that we spoke about young girls that are educated by their Parents or mothers, and I, you know what, I think there's a lot of young boys like that as well. I don't use a public bathroom. That some of them don't go to the loo for two, three, four weeks, and then they end up in hospital where they have to go and have um, an intervention. To remove these hard impacted rocks from their rectums and anuses. Okay. And that contributes Absolutely. to, to this, the yeah. prevalence of Absolutely. colorectal cancer.
1: I just don't think the awareness is where it should be. I mean, nobody really. I, it, it. Have you ever even seen these charts? Most people don't even know about the six different types of stools No one knew about it Um, And I think that we're having having an awkward conversation here That's potentially, you know
0: Oh God, in this studio with me uh, We always (laughs) have awkward (laughs) conversations (laughs) Do
1: you know Dr. (laughs) Mark?
0: But this Uh, is why we are here We are here to bring awareness It's called erectile awareness I I couldn't agree more I mean, I think, think,
2: you know, like uh, I was touching to Leanne earlier and saying how, how shy I was when I was at school, and she said she agreed because she knew me then. Um, and I hardly well, I said know a, I, sadly, I hardly said a word. Um, made up for but, it I, and I've made up for it in the last twenty years because I mean, I, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna hold back and not let on what is important, and be embarrassed to talk about stool or sexual function or sexual activity or anything like that.
0: We are not helping anybody So let's go there, um, Adam Let's go to sexual functioning or sexual behavior And anal rectal cancer Because um, I had a very interesting conversation on radio um, A little bit more than a year ago With uh, a very good friend of mine Uh, She's a nephrologist Dr. Claudia Duval Adam, do you know Claudia? I do, yes Okay, So uh, she's one of the brightest people I've ever met So what Claudia did um, With a group of other doctors She started a, a, um, a Queer wellness project It was called Queer And It was um, a clinic that was started specifically for the gay community um, to address sexual problems, etc., etc. And one of the biggest problems that they have identified is the incidence of anal cancer. Now, anal cancer is related to, like cervical cancer, HPV, human papilloma virus. So, if you're sexually active, the chances of you having this virus is 99, hundred percent. Yeah, probably close to 100 okay. percent. with that. Enough. Because we've all been exposed to it. So, um, human papilloma virus is the virus that gives us uh, genital warts, warts, etc., etc. Um, now. And this is the scar st- st- uh, yeah, I can never say that fucking. word. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <statistics>. That <laughs> one. <laughs> one syllable at a time. Stats. Yes. Um, <laughs> the scary stats was that anal cancer is far more prevalent than cervical cancer, I
1: didn't because know that. of
0: human papilloma yeah. virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that no one knows about. So if we look at the incidence of cervical cancer, we know about cervical cancer, and we've been screening women um, in our clinics with pap smears for so many years, but never have we screened men and women for anal cancer. So, Adam, do you want to, to tell us a little bit more about Yes, human so, 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 so absolutely.
2: I mean, the human papilloma virus is obviously, as we, as you just said, a, a virus which has the potential or to, to, to cause cancer. And not all strains of the human papilloma virus cause cancer, but there are certain strains. And it's it's the you know I've I've always maintained that there are a number of cancers that human, humans have or can can get that are sexually transmitted. Um, and it sounds, it sounds bad and, but maybe that's the way we should go about marketing it because people only take things seriously when you kind of mention that if you sleep with somebody with this, you could get the, 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 the human papillomavirus or hepatitis B virus or hepatitis C. C. And, and, and
1: this is for one all did you is know carcinogenic. About C? No, what's that?
0: Okay. So this is the problem because I had a, a patient in my office on uh, Friday afternoon. Um, that ran in me in a panic, and he had unprotected sex with a random hookup, and his biggest fear was, "Oh my God, I'm going to get AIDS." And I wow. firstly looked at him and I said to him, "Okay, you know what? Um, that doesn't happen. You don't get AIDS. You get HIV." But you're still in your window period because it happened last night, so we can we can help that. But did you know that I wouldn't worry about HIV. I would worry about whether this patient is um, hep C positive because hep C does cause cancer. We know that. It's a fact. Absolutely. Um, HIV. This person told you he was on prep, um, which is prophylactic treatment for um, HIV infections. You took his word, but you never asked about the other stuff. You never asked about human papilloma virus. Um, you know it It's asymptomatic in the majority of us. But uh, Adam, uh, this is this uh, is, is something that people I mean, are not aware of. And uh, Leanne, this is why we're here. We want to. Yeah. Speak about this. De-stigmatize
1: and educate is the aim of this.
2: I I think it's very important. Uh, You know, like uh, one of my passions would be to be able to go to school, schools, high schools, because that's when those groups or age groups need to be informed about this, because that's where the transmission is happening. It's, it's the, the, the hepatitis C and the, and the HPV that causes the cancer, but it doesn't happen now. And don't you think we should actually
0: grab these kids at the age of about 10, 11, 12? Because there's so many of them by the age of 14, 15 that are engaging in oral sex. Not necessarily. Um, full on penetrative sex. Absolutely. Um, but oral sex. And you know what? Sorry, girls, boys. Um, it's transmissible. Um, if you put a lollipop in your mouth um, without a, its wrapper on, you have a problem. Absolutely. And, and HPV is also associated
2: with head and neck cancers. So, uh, which are not very nice cancers to have. I'd probably rate them as probably one of the worst kind of cancers because you can't swallow. I'll Ultimately, the treatment could mean removing part of your your throat or your voice box and you not being able to speak again. Um, And that's not now. It's down the line. It's mm. so it's you know it's it's in a way it's similar to the the smoking kind of issue. You smoke now and ah, oh, but nothing happens to me. And you you know if you're going to get uh, lung cancer, it's not going to happen now. Very rarely happens in your twenties and your thirties. It happens down the line when you're fifty or sixty. Um, and 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 the number of people that you see then they go, oh, I wish I had never. Um, yeah, I mean, there are many things that we wish we had never done. This is um,
0: again, The <laughs> um, vi- vi- Ignorance about the continuum of health Where are you on the seesaw between death and optimal health? Because all of us change on a daily basis If we get infections and we move from being in optimal health to being symptomatic And hopefully back again But um, ignoring symptoms Or being unaware That there is something Because we just Know it's not important Um, And I find this a lot with guys Why are we so petrified Mm -hmm. Of going to doctors Or are we just too much. I'm a big girl, in any case, but I still don't go to doctors.
2: <laughs> I, I'm with you. I agree with you. It's it, it's. I think it's 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 almost like a societal norm that 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 guys don't. Don't. Uh, there's nothing wrong. Nothing can be wrong. Nothing. You know. Nothing. Can, I'm physically fit and healthy, and I can do all these things. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, and I think that what you, the way you've described it as this continuum from birth until death mm. it is brilliant, because things that happen in your teens or your twenties often cause the problems that I see in your forties, fifties, and sixties. Mm. And, and and trust me. Those 40s, 50s and 60s come a lot quicker than you think they would oh, I mean, God, I, mean yes. I, still, I still feel like I'm 20, <laughs> I mean, but I'm know. glad you feel that you're 20 <laughs> I you behave know, like I'm you know. 20 That <laughs> I will
0: give you He says rocking on his chair merrily <laughs> So, um, Adam, what are other signs what are things that we look out for? So we said changes in bowel habits. Absolutely. Mm. Bleeding.
1: We need I to talk co- about the anal uh, uh, cancer symptoms as well. We haven't discussed that yet. So yeah, maybe yeah. when you finish uh, listing the colorectal, we'll move into the next.
2: Sure. So, 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 so in terms of colorectal cancer, I think those two are the biggest ones. The third one is an unexplained weight loss. Um, you, No matter that you're having a normal diet You're eating normally Nothing has changed You have no change in your appetite Yet you are losing weight That should be a concern for anybody um, it's not specific to colorectal cancer But it's certainly one of the I mean, symptoms That needs to be investigated and, yeah. and that is often One <laughs> of yeah. the biggest problems Because I mean, I'm understanding yeah. that now As I get older as well um, But you feel good oh, I've lost 10 kilograms I'm, now, I'm back to where I want to be But then that, that carries it. on
1: Sorry, do you want to explain
2: the mechanism of
1: cancer and weight loss and and just why people need to be aware of this and not
2: necessarily celebrate it? So I think it's it's multifactorial. Um, So there could be a number. Multifactorial meaning there are a number of factors that are probably contributing to that weight loss. One, you're not absorbing. So, you know, that area of your colon is got a growth in it. Um, you get Your body No matter what Our bodies all try Very very hard To kill that cancer It's just a, It gets overwhelmed The cancer is growing So quickly That your immune system Is unable to keep it Under under wraps So you get a lot Of inflammation And swelling And therefore You don't absorb Like you should You often end up taking antibiotics because you get diagnosed with a bug. And so your microbiome or is a, obviously… Or a, a
0: parasit- par- parasitic or infection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. So, you, you know, you constantly… There's, there's change. Adam, um, sorry, that's number sorry, yes. may
0: I interject there? Yeah. So the moment that you said that, my first thing is patients with chronic anemia check… Go and check, because um, our bodies need iron for our immune system to function optimally. And if your body is constantly fighting something, it's going to deplete its iron stores. So if you present with the symptoms of anemia, iron deficiency, of fatigue, etc., etc., maybe. Just think about what is happening in my gut, because, as we said so often on the show, everything starts and ends in the gut so, so absolutely, I
2: was getting to that as as one of probably probably one of the biggest symptoms that is it 's very non specific you 're just exhausted, you, your energy levels are not there, you previously ran the comrades marathon, and this year you think,, oh, maybe not." You know, I'm getting old, or you you put it down to other things, and, and you just notice that you you don't have the energy. You know, it, it's not often that you get told you look anemic or you pale. Um, you just feel exhausted. You're tired. You can't do the. You, know, you used to be able to stay up working until midnight or whatever. And now at nine o'clock, you think, oh, I'm getting old. I need to go to bed. Um, so so investigating fatigue. Can lead to a lot of diagnoses And I think that's also one of the problems Why people don't like going to doctors They go to a doctor saying I'm generally well but I'm a bit tired And they end up being diagnosed with colon cancer Can
0: you see? <laughs> no, <I'll start laughs> up <for that>. It's <laughs> like
2: It's like well
0: I don't want to go to the doctor Because mm. he always finds yeah. something wrong um, uh, Adam I'm going to disagree with you mm. I'm, The majority of the patients That come into my office Go to doctor. From doctor to doctor To specialist to specialist Finding nothing wrong Because people don't put the clues together And here the finger is pointing back At you and me As part of a medical fraternity Absolutely Our doctors don't take time anymore To really investigate and understand I think that's very important I mean I think there is that
2: that fear of going to I've got got many people that say Oh I didn't want to go to the doctor I don't like doctors So I, I I left the diagnosis for a year before I went, but you're right. Other people have been to a hundred doctors in the last four years, and they come and they say, you know, nothing. I've come to you just to make sure I don't have cancer. Because I don't know what's going on. I, you know, something's wrong with me. Um, and, and that's one, that is a huge problem. I think people do not have the time that, not necessarily have the interest, that they overwork, they're worrying about funding and medical aids and payments and all of those kind of and running their practice that they spend not as much time as they should with a patient listening. And it's all about listening. And it's, I've always equated being a doctor or a physician. To being
0: a detective. Yeah, Yeah, it's not only listening, it's actually hearing what the patient is saying. I think so. And
2: taking all of those little pieces and putting them together. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speaking of little clues along the way. Irritable bowel syndrome may look initially A bit like uh, colorectal cancer Please tell, uh, give us some Idea on how you would
0: differentiate Between the two and when to get worried If well, you do have IBS I, I, Before Adam answered that question You yeah. mentioned irritable bowel yeah. 70% of the population Has some kind of gut problem Whether it being irritable bowel Syndrome, irritable bowel Disease, diverticulosis Etc, uh, etc et So Adam, Leah I think this is a phenomenal thing to touch on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, could, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and it's, it's one of the biggest problems that I see. Um, and and it's, it's too late because the patients are already at me with the diagnosis or they've had a surgery for that diagnosis. Um, but many of their symptoms are just continuously labeled. As being irritable mm. bowel syndrome, irritable bowel, Oh no, no you yeah. must just have irritable bowel syndrome. And
1: Google hasn't helped the Go- of Googling Google. Is- oh, certain- oh Dr. Google! will <laughs> tell you, you are dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or don't worry about it. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Your doctor
2: doesn't know what they're talking about. So, um, <laughs> I think I think that is a, a, the most important thing ever, um, because there are, as you say, so many different gastrointestinal problems that can mimic. Uh, you, or, or they all have very similar signs and symptoms. Um, so, so the only way one can be 100% sure that you don't have cancer is if those symptoms are treated as an irritable bowel or as a diverticulitis or a diverticulosis and they do not settle down within a six week period and those symptoms they either settle down and then they recur or they don't settle down
0: you need further investigations okay so my question is because i'm there what do we go and do where do we go so then the most
2: important thing the only way that you can see what is going on or have an idea of what's going on is to have a colonoscopy no, no number of CT scans, MRI scans, sonars are always going to pick up that cancer. So yes, they may. They may show um, that there is something going on in the colon. But it's not always easy to confirm that that is a cancer. And it, it, it has to be of a certain size For a radiologist to be able to identify it um, So if you want to pick up that cancer early The only way is direct visualization And that is unfortunately Which puts most people off as well mm-hmm. A camera
0: up your bum yeah. Guys, I've had it done uh, Firstly, I drove myself to a flora clinic um, And two hours later I drove myself back. Yes, I had anesthesia. I wasn't supposed to uh, write, but. Yeah, was <laughs> was yeah, one he one was, one. was naughty, but uh, you know, like yeah. we you doctors very, it's, is very seldom follow it's, the instructions. No, it's, it's, um, it was sedation. Yeah, you do sedation. not know about it. Yeah, The worst was the little bit of a scratchy throat that I had for a day afterwards because I had a gastroscopy at the same time. So really a colonoscopy, um, if you can push something out And
1: you still um, drove so, back yeah.
0: <laughs> we all like that. Believe me <laughs> we all um, like that. what goes up is is much smaller than what, what comes
2: out you push out. I think that that, that's very important uh, For people to understand that And I can guarantee you that Nobody, very few people Would have a colonoscopy And know anything about it So that sedation, whether you put Whether you have a full anesthetic for whatever reason Or just sedation You will not know what has happened Um, Some people don't like that thought That they they might be out But, and might say things But, you know it's irrelevant You can have a colonoscopy without knowing a thing From
1: what age now should this be done as a routine Would you suggest?
2: <laughs> That's a difficult one Because I must be honest I'm seeing colorectal cancer younger. In much younger age yeah, yeah. Young people yeah. So uh, what so sort I, of age group? So I worked at the Johannesburg Hospital Charlotte McKay yeah. for a long time um, And what, what frightened me the most Was the number of young Black South Africans
0: I was going to ask you about the demographic
2: cancer mm. Mm. W- a- 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 In the 20s
1: Please define young Because that term is Oh I'd like to think I'm young to me. <laughs> <laughs> me
2: too
0: So yeah So, yeah. so essentially So essentially,
1: by the government and the youth and <laughs> <their> <laughs> <university>. <laughs>
0: Adam I had I, I, I really thought And you know what I thought it was predominantly A disease of of Caucasians um, and, and slightly older Absolutely want, Because
1: there is this perception Even in the black community That mm. like there's certain diseases that don't white have, people have,
0: yes, correct.
2: And then
1: black people, we don't get that, like depression and oh, no, that's a white person thing. Like I, <laughs> I don't get that.
2: <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more, um, and and that's kind of the way I was taught, you know, like in the in the 1990s. That mm. was still very much a black people don't get colon cancer, white people don't get this, whatever. I think there's been a, a significant change in many cancers. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I'm not hundred percent sure why. I'm Would not sure. That, no one's really sure why. Could
0: you think it could be lifestyle related yeah, diet? It must be. Yeah? So
2: mm-hmm. it must be some form of change of lifestyle, diet. From an um, African
0: culture to a Western mm-hmm. culture. Different types of foods, etc. Ab- ab- et absolutely. I mean
2: let's 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 be honest. Things really kind of changed here in the, the mid nineties, um where Black culture became A lot more intermingled with, with White culture and mm. European culture mm. Whereas prior to that They they still very much followed Their traditional diets And, and, and that kind of stuff um, It's difficult to talk about Because you, know, you don't want to make statements un, That are false um, But it concerned me greatly At the Joburg Hospital Because that's the only oncology clinic In, jo- in, in Johannesburg That The number of young, black, predominantly males, predominantly males, um, were presenting with colorectal cancer. So it's not a disease, only of old white people. Okay. And it was also thought it was only old white people. Mm. But, I mean, at the moment I've got a number of
0: 30, 40-year-old white people um, as patients. And... I win anyone of my because I take in each of my consultations a very detailed history um, going back into the family tree correct um, is colorectal cancer associated with um a grandfather, a grandmother, a mother, a father that had it. I know that. Um, I think when we were at Varsity and when we studied this and when we started practicing, you knew if um, a patient had a diagnosis of colon cancer, is specifically colon cancer, I'm not so much sure about the rectal cancer, but the colon cancer, um, you told the family all of them have to go for colonoscopies. Um, as soon as possible and then once a year. Absolutely.
2: So, so I, I think once a year, that's kind of changed, I must say, from, from recommendations. No, it's not every two years. It's, it's mm-hmm. between three and five years now. But no. that, I must be honest, that tends to change on an annual basis, depending on the American Society of
0: Gastroenterology. Yeah, You know what? I don't uh, mind something thin stuck up there to go and check that I'm okay. I, I, I'm the same. Well, so beware, so shut
1: up. <laughs> I said nothing.
2: So, so I'm the same. I would rather have a colonoscopy once a year. Um, and make sure that yeah. everything is fine Then wait three years it, it concerns me greatly sometimes when The the person who has sent the patient to me Says oh don't worry I'll see you in three years for another scope I want you to have a scope <laughs> at the end of your treatment I want to make sure yeah. everything's clean And then in six months And then preferably months, once a year for a while We want to make sure I mean it's it, it's a life changing disease Yeah. It's a life-changing disease in many aspects, so you don't want to kind of, you know. Also, you you're a you're a lay person. you don't know anything about it. It's very fine for the gastroenterologist to sit there and say, "I'll see you in five years." I mean, that's like, oh, uh, uh, but a lot can uh, happen in five. Five years is a well. long time,
0: colleagues. Um, if you do them yearly you can make more money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just think about it that way um, No, you know what And, and uh, patients uh, often often wonder um, In my practice My patients follow up with me At least once a month Why? Because I'm working on hormones uh-huh. So Adam um, Absolutely hormone, hormone changes and rectal mm-hmm. cancer Or anal cancer um, Colon cancer
2: Association
0: so yeah, it's a difficult
2: one I think in, 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 uh, there's, a, there's a big difference between hormonal changes hormonal supplementation and then using hormones inappropriately for bodybuilding purposes and, and and that kind of stuff so 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 hormones I think the biggest risk with the use of hormones in men with testosterone is potentially. Uh, liver cancer. It is extremely rare. So it is a very small number of people who can get liver cancer from. Overusing testosterone, and I'm not talking about therapeutic doses. I'm talking about predominantly those jumbannies that are that are using probably horse steroids more than more than well, yeah, physiological. And, you
0: know, I, I just want to say there's a difference between uh, testosterone and anabolic steroids. Correct, um, and it's usually the metabolism of anabolic steroids. That and I think that's very important.
2: Importance. And I think people people unfortunately people don't understand that there is a difference. You know, they just said testosterone is a steroid. Well, I'm on no. steroids. So that's not the case. So um, um hormone I'm, replacement, um in terms of ladies, we've also just got to remember that ladies also can take hormone replacement, estrogen. Um, and there is a certainly an association between the prolonged use of estrogen in a in a postmenopausal woman with
0: breast cancer. So I'm going to give but, you a statistic. Um the International Menopause Society Published a white paper um, At the end of last year I think it was in December last year In which they make the following statement um, Most women will not have a diagnosis of breast cancer Due to exposure to hormone related therapies um, It's the majority So when we talk about Cancer and hormone replacement, for instance. We need to understand the difference between an adverse reaction and risk. Um, Risk can be defined when I get in my car to drive to the shop. There's an inherent risk of me having an accident. Today, for instance, with the rain, uh, the visibility, that inherent risk is higher. So when conditions change, um, risk Increases, it doesn't mean that it will happen. And I think absolutely. this is absolutely referring. I think to. I think it's very important to understand that. I mean, it's
2: I, I certainly am not averse to to hormone replacement, um, in, in in a lady, a postmenopausal um, lady, um, because. Symptoms are important, and her Metipausal. quality of life is mm. very important. Everything, but at the same time, I have seen ladies that have been on hormone replacement for forty-five years, That's um, a long time. which is which is like way excessive. Um, and yes, obviously, my ex- my my exposure. Is going to be skewed Because I'm seeing the ladies that have taken hormone replacement therapy And have had breast cancer um, I don't see All the others that are taking Hormone replacement therapy and don't have breast cancer So,
0: so actually yeah. We're going to talk about this next month yeah, Am we I are. correct Leanne? We, we will we'll be talking I about think it's important. breast yeah. important. cancer um, risk factors v- All those sure, things um, Adam and my experience Are going to be different Exactly. Absolutely,
2: completely. So, no, I think, we I think, in, I think that. also in terms of hormone replacement in ladies, I mean, just remember there are very significant positives Absolutely. in terms of the rest and, of the body. And b- so, but that we'll is discuss very, very that important. And yeah, that, that okay. sounds good. Yeah. So,
0: um, for the patients that are sitting in pits on a um Yes you know what? Tabo I yeah. know. Where's I have no
1: idea. <laughs> far, far away. <laughs>
0: ah, good Lord. Okay. These South Africans don't know their country, yeah? <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm just joking. I was... Um, I've, I've gone there often. Did
1: <laughs> um, you or Pits or Nevada? <laughs> Both.
0: <laughs> um, for our patients that sit there yes. and our practitioners that are there, Adam, does any of our... Cancer markers that we can test for in the blood have a role to play in diagnosis, or is it um, only used for um, the uh, monitoring of the disease process? It's a it's a very good
2: question, um, and I think the answer is yes and no. So there's certainly tumour markers. So essentially, what a tumour marker is. I often get asked this question it's an it's a protein it's a protein that can be measured in the blood so for example in colon in the colon there is a protein called CEA carcinoembryonic antigen that is produced by normal colon cells colorectal cells and if you went and had a blood test today you would be given a result and that result should fall within a, a range So a normal range has been worked out. Um, Unfortunately, those normal ranges are worked out on Europeans in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, So they may sometimes be slightly different for for other areas of the world. Um, But that protein can be measured. That protein, obviously, in someone who has got colon cancer... Is going to be increased Because you have a cancer Which is the, are those cells Growing at a much, rapid, much higher rate Or a more rapid rate um, And they are billions of those cells And so that protein can then be measured and, and measured as high As a diagnostic tool It is useless Unfortunately And I'll tell you why I'm not completely useless But as a screening tool it's not very good
0: so because it's, it's not sensitive enough to detect cancer. Am uh, I correct? Co- co- yeah,
2: yes, but it's, it's neither sensitive nor specific. That means that yeah. when it is high, it doesn't mean that it's you have cancer. got colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can have gastroenteritis, you can have Flu, you could have COVID uh, For example, all yeah. sorts of things So any change in the, in, in, in the GIT, the gastrointestinal tract Can result in that going up Using it as a screening tool Therefore then can become quite problematic Because if I do a test on you And your result is elevated You are going to Obviously be concerned I'm going to say Oh well, um, I'm a little bit concerned But now I don't know, where do we start okay. So now we have to go looking now we're going on a fishing I, expedition. You know
0: what? I actually, uh, when you say that, I actually think we should do that as routine. Um, I'd rather go people. Uh, it's always bit easier to find a needle in a haystack if you know what the needle looks like.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody agrees. So, so international societies, all of those kind of Organizations you, we've, Theoretically we have to take cost into account
0: yeah, um, Obviously
2: Unfortunately yeah. so if medicine was Cost cost free if that Cost nothing I certainly wouldn't yeah. Hesitate
0: Ideal Adam, world scenario. Can you use something like a CEA as a baseline And do it as part of your once a year um, executive kind of medical or medical or is the cost of the test and I don't know we don't How have any one the of the labs here. Mm. The cost is, is that roughly cost prohibitive?
2: No, the cost is not prohibitive. You're probably looking at about one to one and a half thousand Rand.
0: Mm. For for the C E A on its yes. own. The That's majority of our expensive. patients can't afford it. No, they can't. Mm. Okay. And medical aid doesn't pay for it as routine. Not not
2: routinely. So. No, not unless so it comes out of your every, your day to day benefits. No day to day benefits, a person, and then a with have
0: children, you don't, don't spend have that March, money. Money. Your money's up. Then you rather you go know. for the colonoscopy, which is in exactly. hospital and comes out of your hospital plan, and, and not necessarily anymore.
2: Um, so, 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 essentially, the problem is that one thousand five hundred rand in the big scheme of things is not expensive in medicine. But that would, if that's elevated, that's going to lead to colonoscopy, to CT scan, to, to all sorts of things mm-hmm. Which end up possibly re- reaching the, r- the region of 25,000 rand So your falsely elevated CEA yeah. could potentially lead yeah. to a cost of
0: 25,000 okay. rand So and blood so tests that's really don't that, play yeah. a role in screen. screening and or diagnosis so it's visualization i think the most important thing is i mean you, know, you can have
2: colon cancer mm-hmm. without that cea being elevated so there are a subgroup of people that will have cancer, colon cancer without that elevation of the tumor marker of that okay. protein and so you cannot say because it's normal you don't have colon cancer. So if you have symptoms, it's still mm. vitally important like that you, PSA. you absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um,
0: Leanne, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, we're doing a show on prostate cancer as we well are at some definitely point. Definitely doing okay. that. We've got quite a so, few lined up. Um, we are we are running out of time. One of the biggest questions that we need to ask is, Adam, colorectal cancer, can we cure it?
2: So, yes, I think, I think the difference between when I started oncology in, in sort of the early 2000s versus 2022 is vastly different. Um, there has been an, the emergence of a number of chemotherapeutic agents, which really changed the outcome significantly. Surgery has also it's Progressed Progressed significantly oh, Am
0: and I going to end up with a, colonos- uh, a, a colostomy, colostomy. bag? Yeah,
2: that is one point I'd really love to touch on And, and I think it's so important and, and it's vitally important That if you are diagnosed with rectal cancer That is when you are most likely to end up with a colostomy
0: Because we have to remove the rectum So that little part of a funnel That connects to the anus And it's very difficult to connect that again Because it usually ends with um, incontinence Correct So So, So screening, screening, screening Screening
2: is vital But if you are diagnosed with a rectal tumor Do not let a surgeon convince you to have an operation the next day because with with a multidisciplinary team involving radiologists medical oncologists radiation oncologists and those surgeons there's a possibility by using a combination of chemotherapy chem- radiation that tumor can be shrunk Significantly Which makes the operation much easier for the surgeon It makes the recovery From the operation much less uh, Shorter And you could Preserve sphincter function And you do not End up having to have a permanent colostomy And, and, and I think what that's, That is so important because Obviously when you get diagnosed And the surgeon says you need to have An operation tomorrow um, You know nothing Uh, about colon cancer this is this is something that um, and it needs to be
0: yeah
2: you need to get opinions
0: when uh, leanne and i have a mutual friend um and both of us have been down this road for different reasons um and when uh said friend introduced us um this is what we wanted to to bring across to people And this is a topic all in its own The journey from Diagnosis mm. to Treatment um, To recovery To remission to being cancer Free is a very long One Absolutely. and it takes Its toll not only on the Patient but on the patient's Family the patient's bank balance etc Etc and this is very scary Absolutely um, Adam I'm, I'm so glad to hear that we're making Progress in cancer Treatment because I think for most Of us that's the fear We see cancer patients and we Associate it with pain Absolutely um, and I think today With advances in pain Medication chemotherapy etc etc It's better we associate um, People With boldness um, ex- but the, What it does to you as a Patient Is severe enough Being a cancer victim Is what kills you Being a cancer patient Is what keeps you alive Exactly. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean that's another topic we need
1: to look at. I, I the mean fear the, of occurring cancer and the impact that has on your health, you know. Because you think now you've got the all clear but it hangs over you. It's there it's, forever. It's just what I what I say to it's my like patients
2: like an alcoholic. It's mm-hmm. what I say to my patients is no matter what, in twenty years time, if something starts hurting you in your in your right ear, your first thought is gonna be, cancer. Is the cancer in my ear? Mm-hmm. Sure, and that's 20 years down the line, and you've been clean. So, and and that I've seen that so many times, and and so I like try to let people know in advance. Normal things are still going to happen to you afterwards. You are going to fall down a, a flight of stairs, and because you fracture your ankle, doesn't mean it's cancer, but it is also important to make sure that it's not. Um, you know, so you don't want that fear. Um, constant because it has a major impact on your functioning in an every on an everyday basis, but I mean there 's so much if we can talk about it. okay, so
0: last question: how do we screen? How do I go to make sure that um, my colon is in good health? Who do I go to? Do I go to my g p and say to my g p hey g p um I want to go and have a colonoscopy, who do I go to? Or do I go straight to a gastroenterologist or a surgeon? Um, Are there clinics? I'm not on medical aid. What do I do now?
2: Excellent question. And and, and I'd like to say that the best approach would be that your GP is your first point of call. Um, But I don't think that that kind of uh, society... Exists anymore Or that sort of approach um, I mean I know that When I grew up I had a GP I had a GP who, My entire life um, And if someone asked me Who my GP was I'd tell them Now if I ask people They go oh, Who's I don't know I don't have a GP I just go to the casualty it's vitally important to have a GP who can keep a good track of you because, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's, it's a continuum. So if you've had something in April and then something in November and then something in April the next year, the only person that's really going to know about that is your GP because the person at the casualty or the emergency department is not. So go to your GP. Develop a relationship because I think that is vitally important. Um, that GP can certainly... Point you in the right direction, um, but yeah, in South Africa, you are entitled to go directly to a gastroenterologist if you wish if your gP doesn 't want to refer you because he doesn't he or she doesn 't think it 's appropriate, and this is something that 's burning in your in you then yes absolutely straight to a gastroenterologist. I, I think a, a medical gastroenterologist is probably the best person to go to because if there is a cancer, they can make that diagnosis and refer appropriately. A surgical gastroenterologist is going to make a diagnosis and one operates tomorrow. Sure. Um, and that sounds like I'm dissing surgeons. I'm not. Um, I but just that's think, what they do. Yes, correct. Surgeons. But are, I think it's sorry, very, very um, important
0: to all the sirs out there because we call um, v- them sirs. They like to be called sir. Um, to all the sirs out there, you are mechanics. Um, yes, we cannot be without you in medicine. But, you know, it, it's usually not the surgeon that makes the diagnosis. Um, it's the, phys- the physicians and the surgeons go and they are the guys that fix the car. So, um, okay. I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, Leanne yes. from Eurolab. Um, thank you for sponsoring this program. Eurolab is the biggest generic oncology uh, company in South Africa that make innovative uh, treatments for Our oncologist and cancer Therapies um, Leanne from a personal perspective I thank You and EuroLab. Thanks for approaching us I think over the next couple of months I think we're doing uh, an episode Once a month about cancer and Cancer awareness next month In April we're talking about Breast cancer Adam um, You know I've known you for many years Correct. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much For taking your time uh, to come and speak with us I'm looking forward to Our series of podcasts that we're Going to be doing um, On Cliff Central as well as On um, off cliff central about cancer it's something that's close to my heart um and uh next a- week we'll be back and um uh, uh another colleague of mine and dear friend dr Elfrida free will be joining us and we're going to talk about biostimulators and specifically the new one on the block sculpture so uh join us next week same time same place have a great day everyone the Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show.